Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and welcome to Season 3. It's fall, leaves are changing, cool weather is here, and the podcast is back online. There are some incredible guests I can't wait to introduce you to. We're going to finish our Daniel series Probably even go back into the archives and pull out some episodes done by Pastor Schomburg and Dr. Henderson when they were hosting the show. And we're just going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to have an amazing time strengthening faith and, and finding reasons to hope. This incredible journey that we're going to be going on together over the next 22 weeks is starting right now as I introduce you to Caitlin Musgrave. She's the co-founder of Wild, along with a previous guest, Sarah McDougall. We'll talk a little bit about that as we get started in our conversation. Uh, She is someone who's passionate about helping the younger generation, the younger demographic, uh, navigate this world of domestic violence, especially within the faith community. Uh, She has an incredible resource that she has provided to you, and uh, we'll mention that link later. Look in the description, the the show notes, click on the link, download it. Uh, It's going to help you five signs that you're in a toxic relationship. And then also, we are doing this specifically because October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so as we near the end of this, I wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit about this here on the podcast, here in Stories of Faith and Hope. Without further ado, here is my guest, first guest of season three. Caitlin Musgrave. Caitlin, welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So the uh, the bio that you sent me says that uh, you're an educator, speaker, coach for women from the faith community who have experienced trauma and abuse. You're passionate about supporting women on their journeys out of the wilderness of abuse and into a wild whole life with Christ. Um, you've mm-hmm. actually um, been recommended by a previous guest on the show, Sarah McDougall, yeah. and I yes. understand that you work together, so we'll get to that in a little bit, yeah. but uh, I want to begin kind of at the beginning. What uh, What's your background? Who are you? Where are you from? That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, so I, I grew up in the religious community. I, I grew up in maybe a more conservative religious community, mm-hmm. um, and I, I grew up a Seventh Day Adventist, and uh, went to went to school. Became a teacher, you know, kind of tried to do all the right things <laughs> to set my life yes. on the right path. And um, you know, I was a very sincere young person, um, very well intended, but my life didn't actually turn out the way I planned. Mm-hmm. And you know maybe more traumatic than, you know, cause no one's life turns out the way they plan. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I ended up in a, an abusive relationship, mm. an abusive, an abusive marriage, um, after trying to do all the right things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of my background, I, I didn't recognize the signs. I, I'd not really been exposed to that. And, and I didn't know that I had a way out. Mm. So you kind of had a more sheltered background in that. And, and yeah. you kind of make that sound like that was kind of one of the reasons why you didn't see those signs. Explore that a little it, bit. It definitely was. Um, I I don't think that it's the only reason, but I think um, I kind of 
because I was a little more sheltered, I mean, I, I knew about bad things. We, mm-hmm. we talked about them in my family. My mom was very open and tried to educate us, uh, as much as she knew how, but, um, you know, we didn't encounter a lot of conversations about abuse, mm-hmm. um, outside of like, Oh, he beat her mm-hmm. and she fled for her life kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, and I don't think that my mother anticipated me ending up in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So she would be, you know, she didn't necessarily maybe even know herself to sit down and go, these are all the red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, one of the first red flags is this like perfect, ideal, over the top, amazing relationship, mm-hmm. which when I ended up there, I thought I had landed exactly where God wanted me to be. Mm. So it actually kind of fed into, you know, if you do all the right things, if you follow and pray, like you're, you're going to end up exactly where you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Nothing bad will happen (laughs) kind of thing. Yes. (laughs) Obviously it doesn't work that way. And I think we need to be a little more educated. Yeah, and I think that that comes back to something. If if you were listening to uh, to my interview with Sarah um, last season, um, something we talked about is in the faith community we don't talk about this enough, and I think it's getting better. Yes, we we are trying to improve that, but for a long time, and and I don't think it's where it should be yet. You know, there's there's just not that conversation, and so we go into this with a tunnel vision saying, well, everything's going to be perfect. I'm not going to end up like that because that never happens because we don't talk about it. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting because this past week was like my 10 year escape anniversary Mm -hmm. when I finally found the courage and, and the biblical understanding that I could get out Mm -hmm. and found my freedom and the conversation in just those 10 years, like that is, it, it's not that long. The conversation has improved so much mm. in just 10 years. 10 years ago, I would not be sitting here having this conversation and feeling incredibly like safe because mm-hmm. just 10 years ago, I mean, that is such a short amount of time. Yeah that conversation was not happening. It's right. really been happening in the last five to six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's so so that, true. that to me is huge. Yeah. Well, and you are, um, working with Sarah, as we mentioned, one of the co-founders of wild. And, mm-hmm. and I think you're trying to be on the forefront of that change, that, that conversation uh, about this. So tell us a little bit about what wild is, what it stands for and uh, yeah. what you, what, what you do in that and, and kind of why you had an interest. I think you already answered that a little bit with your yes. own situation, but, but why did you have an interest in helping other survivors? Yeah. So wild kind of stands for two things. So on the, on the surface, wild is wisdom identity. No, sorry. Yeah. Wisdom, identity, legacy, and daring. Those are our four pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also women in leadership development because mm-hmm. we want to train other young women to, to lead and give them the skills and empower them in ways that maybe we were not empowered mm. so that they don't have to go down the path that we did. Or, you know, if they already are, that they have the skills and the power to get out mm-hmm. and, and to make themselves whole. So that's kind of where wild 
comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, we are focused primarily on the Protestant faith-based community, mm. women who have experienced trauma and abuse, mm-hmm. being able to recover from that and find their voice. Mm. So that that's kind of our, our mission. Um, for me, I kind of am more focused on the younger 18 to 35 of our audience Mm -hmm. because I was Mm. there Mm -hmm. and there really wasn't anybody to talk to me or, you know, to spare me before I was in that relationship. There was no, there was really very little information available. And afterwards, I mean, I spent years Googling, trying to figure out what was going on in my life. Mm. And it took me a long time to finally find like one little tiny website out of the UK that was from a scriptural point of view and was telling me what was happening to me and that what was happening was wrong and that God didn't want it to happen mm. to me. Wow. So I, when I left, um, God really impressed on my heart 10 years ago. It took me a while to get started, but he's, you know, that this is where I was going to end up. I needed to do for others what no one did for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and you make a valid point. I've, I've spoken with several older women um, who have made the, uh, who, who have told me that they were in an abusive relationship, you know, 40 years ago. And they brought it to their pastor and their pastor's advice was, well, you're married for better or for worse. So go back, be a, be a submissive wife and, and stay in that exactly. relationship. And to exactly. me, that's shocking because I, you know, I just the culture today and, and I think the way our church has moved and, and I think probably most of Protestantism, um, I'm thankful has, has, has moved that way where, where I hope that that advice is not given anymore. Um, but we're, we're realizing that abusive situations is not something where God wants someone to be. Yeah, exactly. I, so in my story, I, I was, you know, straight out of college. I got married like two months after graduation. Um, and I was 26 years old when I left. So mm-hmm. it was, I was still quite young. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it had taken me some really horrific experiences to get to the point to even believe that I had the option of escaping. Mm. And I went to my pastor and I listed out everything that had happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the categories, cause mm-hmm. I didn't even, I had some suppressed memories. It took me a while to kind of get complete clarity. Oh, wow. um, but I went to the pastor and I listed out some of the things that had happened to me within like the last few months. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he was like, Hmm. And I told him, I said, I I'm, I'm getting ready to leave. And he said, well, I hope you can work it out. We will not be removing him from ministry because he was serving inside the church. Wow. And I knew then and there that like my church was not a safe place for me Mm -hmm. to be. Um, And it took me a long time, several years to have another conversation with a pastor Mm -hmm. about abuse. Oh yeah. 
because I didn't trust them. Mm -hmm. And some of them have been positive since, Mm -hmm. but a large number of them have not been positive Mm. to this day. Wow. (laughs) Um, People not believing, you know, despite numerous piles of evidence, Mm -hmm. not believing stories, you know, you you have like two or three witnesses and it's not enough. Hmm. So do you see yourself as, well, first of all, I just want to apologize for fellow pastors <laughs> because that's, that's terrible and that's not right. But do you see yourself as kind of an advocate then for these young women as they, as they maybe approach their pastors or, or you know, try to navigate this in the stigmas? And, and what kind of stigmas do you see in, in Christianity right now? And Yeah, I definitely, um, I want to be an advocate and and to stand in the gap because there was no one to stand in the gap for me. Mm -hmm. And I know how soul crushing that is. I mean, I, I escaped 10 years ago and still there are times when I've had to confront my story inside the religious, the religious setting. And it's still a very uh, disempowering position to be in telling your own story Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, being 10 years out and and advocating for other people, I still have my advocate stand beside me Mm -hmm. when I have to go and confront a situation that has to do with my story Mm -hmm. because it is so, you're so vulnerable and you're the one, they're just like, Oh, this is your story. You must be lying. Mm -hmm. But if you have someone else beside you say, you know, advocating for you, um, they're, they're not emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's easier to tell that story and it's l- more difficult for them to, uh, dis, uh, the word has sca- disassociate <laughs> my brain. themselves. Yeah, or, yeah. To, yeah. To like, uh, say this invalidate. Oh, okay. yes. Oh yeah. 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 It, it's harder for them to invalidate it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you're not the only person saying this. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I really, really also, I'm passionate about preventing. Hmm. Like I want young people to know the signs because, especially because they are so subtle in the beginning and often they start out like a fairy tale. In fact, I cannot tell you an abusive relationship that did not start out like the absolute perfect fairy tale. Hmm. Wow. Um, my story started out like that. I, I mean, every story of every woman I have ever met, I'm sure there are some out there that didn't, but every story I've ever met started out like Prince Charming and Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I mean, the person you prayed for hmm. with all the qualities headed in the same direction that you are with the same passions and callings, you know, and... <clears throat> wherever you're at, like, you know, for me, I was deep, deeply religious, you know, and, and, and reading the Bible with me and having the exact same understanding spiritually, like being on the same path, but it was like so perfect. Mm -hmm. So I fell for it, you know, and with little ways it started to erode because you had this beautiful, beautiful picture you either didn't notice or you dismissed it because, hey, we're all sinners and we mess up sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
So what are some of the warning signs that our listeners can listen to? I know that you mentioned you're going to be uh, putting together a, a kind of a cheat sheet uh, of this. And so if you're listening to this on the radio, go to our yeah. website at faithandhoperadio.com to, uh, to download that. And if you're listening to this on the, uh, on the podcast, on the Internet, just go to our website and you can download that resource. Um, but tell us, maybe give us a couple warning signs that, that our listeners can take with them to kind of have in the back of their mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have a presentation that I do on this as well uh, for young people. Um, but with the, like, what I've already mentioned is that it's like this fairy tale. It's mm-hmm. going to start out so perfect, but it's also intense, like really fast, like, oh, they're so, so perfect. And mm-hmm. there's this intense connection. Mm-hmm. So second would be you begin to have like a lot of, of intimate connection like intense, intimate connection. Mm -hmm. And inside the religious world, that doesn't necessarily look like, um, you know, physical, Mm. depending on where you're at. Like it could have, you could not touch at all and still have this intense connection Mm because you've got this intense connection over spiritual. Mm -hmm. So you start seeing things like that we call it virtue signaling. Mm Mm-hmm where they are so perfect and they're involved in all of this stuff because they're going, look at me. Or, you know, you're on the phone with them studying the Bible Mm -hmm. until 11, 12, 1. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, this is so good. Like, we're connecting. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's a false intimacy Hmm. because it's so intense. And you don't really know them, but you think you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, then you're going to start seeing things like, uh, a relational, like cool down, you know, like you get to the relationship and it starts, it starts to cool. And that's where the strings kind of start being pulled. Cause you've had this huge, amazing, intense relationship. Um, and that could last for months. It could last for days. You don't, you know, like it depends on you and your relationship it could last six months Mm. (laughs) and then suddenly there's this cool down and you are willing to do whatever it takes to get that, that goodness back. Mm -hmm. It's like you've actually become addicted. And then from there it leads to, you know, the jealousy and control Mm. and inside the conservative community that can look like, Oh, what are you wearing? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to cover up because I want to protect your, your your dignity. Mm-hmm. So they start controlling you. Um, also, another thing is um, start pressure, like when they start crossing boundaries. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I tell young people is that if you're convicted on something, it doesn't matter how silly. Say, for example, you're just really convicted you shouldn't be wearing yellow. Like that, you think God has told you that or whatever. And they start going, are you sure? Hmm. And they start like going, can we shop for yellow? Or they buy you yellow? Like Mm -hmm. anytime they're trying to push that boundary, doesn't matter how small or insignificant it is, just walk away. Hmm. Because they do not respect you. That goes for girls or boys, like whatever kind of relationship, because it can happen Mm -hmm. both ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. And if you want more information on that, go to the website. And uh, how can people find you um, if, if they'd like to learn more about you and your ministry and, and WILD in general? Yeah. 
Yeah. So my main platform is Instagram. So okay. you can find me at Caitlin underscore Musgrave on Instagram, but then you can also Google my, my page on Facebook. Caitlin Musgrave coach is on Facebook as well. Okay. So that's where you could get in touch with me. Perfect. Do you have any yeah. closing thoughts? Thank you so much for sharing, being vulnerable, sharing your story, sharing a little bit about what you do. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Um, what I would like to say would be particularly to religious leaders or those who are not in abusive situations. If you meet a young divorcee, do not presume that you know anything about their story. Hmm. Do not presume that because they are young, that they didn't give their marriage all they could Mm -hmm. or that they did not agonize. Because one of the things that people generally presume is, oh, you're young, you got divorced young, you must not have biblical grounds, or you just thought, like, once if it doesn't work out, I can just move on. And you have no idea. I've never met someone who didn't give their relationship everything they had and didn't weep at its loss. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I would like to really encourage. Don't judge someone just because you know that small piece of their story because don't 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 assume you know anything about it wise words such a thought-provoking conversation with caitlin musgrave i hope you download the free resource five signs of a toxic relationship the link is in the description uh, in the show notes but it is freebies.wildernesstowild.com slash five signs that's the numeral five signs again that's freebies.wildernesstowild.com slash five signs or click on the link in the show notes download it it's an incredibly helpful resource five signs of a toxic relationship Next week here on Stories of Faith and Hope, I want to introduce you to Travis. He has an incredible story of overcoming when he felt like his life was a story of almost and not quite. So here is a preview of next week's conversation. I was on YouTube for years and I had 50,000 subscribers and I let that channel go. And, you know, I was training for the Olympics to be in the the Olympics for Taekwondo Mm. And I had done all these things, hundreds of auditions, you know, that you get no's on. And like, I just felt like my life was the story of almost Mm. the story of he's, he almost made it. Mm -hmm. He was almost, he was almost great. And then someone shared with Travis a message that changed the rest of his life. I can't wait for you to hear that conversation right here on stories of faith and hope next week. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss out on next week's episode and the episodes following. Uh, Check us out on the internet at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio, and follow us on our brand new Instagram channel at Faith and Hope Radio. Music was provided by Dexter Britton under the Creative Commons license. Hope you have a wonderful week. God bless you. And until we meet again, have faith and hope.